Hey moms, welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one for 31 years, mom to eight, ages 16 to 29, and Nana to six littles. I'm also a 25-year veteran homeschooling mom. You know, last week I talked uh, with Pam Barnhill about morning baskets. If you didn't uh, haven't had a chance to listen to that. It's a great uh, conversation. Um, we discussed how getting a good start on our days really is key to helping us remain intentional throughout the rest of the day. This is why so many moms are using that concept of morning baskets, or other people call it morning time. Everybody, uh, you can kind of choose your own name for it. But um, Pam and I talked about the three key elements of morning time, and one of them is ritual, and one is recitation. Music is such a wonderful part of ritual, but it's also an incredibly effective way to memorize scripture. If you've never heard of Scripture Lullabies, I encourage you to check them out. You can stream Scripture Lullabies from all the major streaming platforms. You can also go and get your free indescribable pack at scripture-lullabies.com devotional. And I'll leave that link in the podcast notes. So this free pack includes five songs, including two new piano songs from Scripture Lullabies, three devotionals inspired by peace found in God's word, and three coloring pages from Life Beautiful. So your kids can be listening and add color to the pages while they're hearing the music and meditating on the scriptures that go along with each picture. You guys, I love this music. It sets such a peaceful rhythm for our family's day. And, you know, we all know how important it is to hide God's word in our hearts and in our children's hearts. And we know that his word does not come back void, uh, that it always produces something, that it's living and active and life changing, and that it transforms our hearts and minds. But how can we instill the word of God into our kids and into our own hearts in a way that that is gentle and engaging. Today, we're going to be talking about five easy ways to incorporate scripture into your homeschool routine. My guest today is Erin Lynham. She is a homeschooling mom of four. When she's not teaching her kiddos, she's working as the content creator and publicist for Scripture Lullabies, a company producing high-quality, powerfully peaceful music inspired by the Word of God. It doesn't get any better than that. Erin is also the author of the book, 936 Pennies, Discovering the Joy of Intentional Parenting. She's a certified master naturalist, pointed others to the creator, uh, pointing others to the creator through what he has made. She spends her days hiking, camping, and exploring the Rocky Mountains with her husband, Grayson, and their kids. Erin, welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you, Dorenda. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, I am just um, excited to dive in and hear these five easy ways to incorporate scripture into our homeschool routine because, you know, we're already thinking we, we've got math, we've got language, we've got these things we need to try to get through. Um, and then sometimes scripture can just sort of fall off to the wayside because we don't really have um, a good way to do it that doesn't feel forced. And so I'm excited to hear your ideas today. Thank you. I love that you open with that too, because that's a struggle that 
I have personally felt as a homeschool mom, mm-hmm. you know, having all those subjects before us and thinking through, okay, how do I add in scripture to this? But I think what really helped me was reversing that idea and that thought, not to say, okay, I need to do math, science, writing, but instead to ask myself, how do I bring God's word into all of those things? How do I just make it this natural rhythm throughout our homeschool day? You know, so I, when my husband and I, actually, before we started having kids, we always had these conversations of, we want to make gospel conversations normal in our home. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, to not make them forced or awkward or uncomfortable, or like we have this big agenda, but really just to make gospel conversation a normal part of our home and our schooling. Right. That's exactly right. You know, I, I completely hear what you're saying. I, that's one of the reasons and, and I'm not sure that I approached it the right way, but I, I chose not to, um, you know, go through character curriculum or even Bible, uh, type, um, that was strictly Bible curriculum to teach our kids the Bible and to teach them the principles from God's word, because for my own heart, I'm not saying it's wrong to do this, to do that. But for me, I felt like I need to walk this out. I need to model it. It needs to be like breathing to our family. And, um, I don't buy a curriculum for breathing. I buy, you know, (laughs) and so, so I want, and it also, um, really made me feel more responsible in my own relationship with the Lord that, okay, I need to be in tune with him so that I am modeling this for our kids, because this is how um, I feel like God wants them to learn it. So it kind of put my feet to the fire as well. Um, But the challenge, like for me was, you know, I want his word to get into their hearts we have to do something to make that happen. Um, it can happen in conversation, but we all know that that has to be repeated. Things have to be repeated several times, usually before you remember it. And so um, I would buy these CDs with kids songs that had um uh, you know, scriptures in them. And, uh, it, it was, we would listen to them in the car and, you know, just kind of throughout the day, like, like we were mentioning earlier and they still to this day, remember those scriptures. And so it really is a very effective way, um, to convey them to the kids. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen that with my own kids too. And really that's number one for our points today, really about bringing scripture into our homeschool routine. And I want to just hit on the importance of setting that peaceful pace at the beginning of your day, which I know you discussed with Pam last week. Also, you know, our day can so quickly spiral into chaos as homeschool moms, like we know that so well, (laughs) you know, we can start off with the best intentions and wake up and be so fired up about teaching our kids. And then something is said or something is spilled. And all of a sudden, like we are not in it. We do not want to be here doing this. Yeah. And so just to be able to not start our day off on that sour note, but to actually start it off with this peaceful time of listening to God's word set to music. I think it's Mm -hmm. a really powerful course setter for the rest of the day. 
I completely agree. I think this whole, it's like this balance of, we wanna model it, um, but we also have to be intentional. And this is one way that we can be very intentional. Um, it can also be a great conversation starter as the kids are listening to and learning um, the scriptures. You know, I, it's something we can talk about or even refer back to when we're in a situation where the scriptures that we're listening to through the music, um, those scriptures are applying to everyday life. So it actually gives us more tools to use to model um, that walk with God and that gospel-centered, um, you know, uh, what you were saying earlier, just, you know, gospel-centered conversation and just a gospel-centered home. Absolutely, yeah. And I think just that idea of, playing a song and then stopping and asking your child, like, what do we learn about God through that song? Or what do we see mm -hmm. of his heart for us, his children? And sometimes even just playing a song and then ending in prayer, like letting that just settle into their heart. So like one of our, um, probably our most popular song, Be Still and Know, it's based on Psalm 4610, Be Still and Know That I'm God. And Psalm 37, 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Mm -hmm. And so just starting off with focusing on his invitation to be still before him, like what mm -hmm. a powerful way to start your day, you know, and to focus the hearts of our children. That's exactly right. And, you know, it's interesting because um, it, it also lines up with something that I share with moms a lot, and that's working from a place of peace and not a place of fear, not a place of chaos, you know, just a place of peace. And this is um, and this is describing that perfectly. And I love that song. That is like one of my favorites um, is okay. that be still and know, because um, that's, you know, if you, you, you know, I uh, published that book, the unhurried homeschooler yes. years mm -hmm. ago and, and, and it all, um, and this just ties in so well with that because you're, you're again, start, you're working from a place of peace instead of a place of chaos, instead of a place of just, you know, everything just falling apart. Like you said earlier, it is so true. One thing can hijack <laughs> your day, just like that, yeah. you know, your feet hit the ground. You think you've got all this energy. You're feeling good. You got plans for the days and visions and, you know, expectations. And then, like you said, one thing or several things happen and it spirals quickly. And it's just so, um, this is such a great place to go back to as well. Like if that happens, because it is still going to happen sometimes in spite of our best intentions and in spite of starting out peaceful, it can spiral again down the, you know, down the road. But it's what a wonderful place to be able to just go back to and say, okay, this is our, um, what do you call it? Kind of our baseline. We're going to go back here mm -hmm. and we're just going to hang out here for a little bit until we just have that peace back in our household again. Absolutely. And there's so many scriptures about coming back to the refuge of God. Mm -hmm, and I think that's mm -hmm. exactly what that looks like is coming back. And I love that this practice of just listening to one song and discussing one song, you know, it can take five minutes, but it can mm -hmm. change the following few hours of your day. Really? Yes, 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 definitely. I love that. So at number two, I would share would be using nature. Mm -hmm. And science actually to lend evidence to biblical truths for your child. So it goes back to that idea we talked about, about not just teaching these subjects, but really bringing the study of God and um, biblical study into every subject. And this mm -hmm. is actually, this is what I'm really passionate about in my bio. You mentioned my certification as a naturalist. And I want to clear something up because that term naturalist 
can have a really negative connotation in it. Um, the worldview of naturalism is a very atheistic view mm-hmm. in that people have disconnected creator from creation. And so that is not what I have studied. My studies are actually in the study of nature. And I pursued that certification so that I could know more about what God has created and use those analogies and those visuals to better communicate who he is and how he loves us. And so that's a lot of what has gone into my work at Scripture Lullabies. Um, As the content creator, I write their devotionals and the peace pack that you mentioned, the peace indescribable devotional. I bring in a lot of nature imagery because I think Mm -hmm. that's a way of anchoring an intangible idea like love or belief or faith to a tangible thing that we can see and remember. And Mm -hmm. so I think that that's just, especially for children, you know, they're so visual And if you can mm-hmm. give them something strong like that to hold on to. So as an example, um, we are here in Colorado and we are in the midst of a record fire season. We have a fire burning outside of town right now. I'm looking out my window at it. Mm. And um, it has just been several months now of smoke and ash. And in particular, there's a fire burning up the canyon from us. And it started mid-August. And then Labor Day weekend felt apocalyptic. The fire absolutely exploded. It had kind of been staying steady for a couple of weeks. And then it just started devouring the forest. And so at 10 a.m., everyone's headlights were on. There's ash falling like snow. The sky is black and orange. And it just felt so strange. And for my family, we love hiking. And we knew it was taking just a lot of our favorite hiking trails. And it's a sad thing. And we were concerned and we're praying and we're talking even with people who are evacuating from the canyon and having to leave their homes and their animals and their livestock behind. And we just keep praying and praying. And then we look at the forecast and in the forecast for the next day was a record early snowfall. So we were supposed to get several inches and they were saying up to a foot in the mountains. And in my naturalist studies, I learned like, actually sometimes water can do more damage because it will flush the debris of the fire into the river. So snow is actually the best thing for it. And so the next morning, we had just spent two days in this apocalyptic smoke, like we can't even go outside. And we wake up and the ground is covered in snow. And I remember that morning I opened the window and I just, you felt like you were staring at a miracle. And I just Mm -hmm. gathered the kids that morning and I read them the verse in Job that says, have you entered the storehouses of snow or have you seen the storehouses of hail, which I have reserved for the time of distress. And I had Mm -hmm. never seen that verse like that before thinking about how, okay, our distress was the fire and these people who are losing their homes and having to evacuate these places that they have lived in for years. And God had a storehouse of snow in an early September day, you know, and it slowed down the fire enough for several weeks that the firefighters were able to really get a better hand on it. And Mm. so my children, I don't think they'll ever look at the first snowfall the same again, because they have that visual and they're able to anchor that to a truth. Exactly. And you know, what's interesting about that is science and child development and all of that um, always points back to the fact that especially younger children, but really any age, um, need 
these um, hands-on types of experiences, like real life and nature is one of the best places for them to experience those things because um, the when they get older and they start to read about things, when they when they when they read about you know the the leaves falling from the trees and or turning color in the fall or just anything like that, they've already they've experienced it, so they have a frame of reference to work from. And I think that's something that has definitely been uh, the power of that has been often underestimated um, in just like the traditional classroom setting. Um, there are so many studies that say, you know, children need to be outside. Adults need to be outside. I walk mm -hmm. every single morning yeah. and it is just life giving to me. And I, my body feels better. Everything feels better. Um, I had uh, Jenny Urich from A Thousand Hours Outside on, yes. <laughs> on the podcast uh, several months back. It's probably, probably more like a year back. And we just had the best conversation conversation and she had some really interesting, you know, just um, facts about kids being outside. And, you know, of course it applies to adults too, but, but really, you know, we're talking about children here. We're talking about homeschooling our kids. And if you really want to benefit your children in every way, get them out in nature. And again, what's even better and, and actually what I love what you said, you were tying, um, the truths of who God is. We're pointing back to God through nature. That's the, that's the best part of it all because we are ministering to their spirits. And, you know, when we homeschool, we are homeschooling the whole child, you know, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And so thinking of the spiritual as just sort of an add-in is actually like reverse of what God calls us to do. In Deuteronomy, it says that we're to be talking about him, about his principles as we're sitting down and standing up and walking along the road. And, you know, you think about that and it just lends itself to, first of all, a much more unhurried sort of mentality, unhurried sort of um, attitude as we're walking along with our kids. And I can just so envision, you know, walking along and pointing out things in nature and pointing out God, where God's hand is. And so um, that story about the snow, it's a powerful, mm -hmm. powerful story. Your kids, you're right. They will never, ever forget that. Yeah. I mean, I won't, you know, no, it's so important no. for us too. And you know, there's so many there's so much nature narrative throughout scripture when you start mm -hmm. looking for it. And so oh, the truth yeah. is like, you don't have to be a naturalist. You don't have to be a scientist. You just have to be willing to get into God's word and become familiar with how he uses nature in his speech. Yes. So like mm -hmm. Psalm 104, Psalm 104, that's one of my favorite nature narratives. And I've used it in many lessons with my kids and Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Most of us are familiar with that one. You'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. And, you know, so that's another anchor we've used in our home is we have a lemon tree outside of our front door in a pot. And I had no idea how to take care of a lemon tree when we got it. So I did some research on it and we learned, and then we got to watch that before the lemons begin to grow, these beautiful white flowers emerge. And that's when I learned that fruit trees, before they fruit, they flower. Mm -hmm. And so to get to use that imagery in scripture about trees and being a tree that produces fruit, but then be able to use that flower and talk about being the aroma of Christ and mm -hmm. that 
while he is producing fruit through our lives, we get to be the aroma, the flower of Christ, you know, and just using all of that visual that when they come into the house or they walk out of the house, they see that lemon tree and they know that. I love that. That's, that is, that's beautiful. I, I love it. So in nature is just so, the other thing is nature is consistent. Yes. You know, that's one thing that, and that's one of the things that I have gone back to over and over and over again. Um, I grew up being able to be outside a lot, working outside. My, my, my mom had us outside a lot. And, and as an adult, it's actually been a place that I could go to when I was stressed out, when I was feeling like the stresses of life and everything bearing down on me. I close my eyes and I think about when I was a child and, you know, just different nature scenarios that I was in that I very vividly remember. And I think that's something that... Um, you know, my kids have actually said too. you know, out of our eight kids, seven are grown and out of the house. And um, they have thanked me over and over and mm. over again for giving them a childhood and letting them spend copious amounts of out- time outside, actually insisting on it, you know, and, and it's amazing the things that they observe. Um, I know a lot of people, we did this for a while, the nature journals where, you know, I just sent them outside with a journal and they could either write what they observed or they could draw pictures of it, whatever they wanted to do. And, um, and it just got them out for, that was like in the mornings. And then of course, afternoons, they got to go back out again, but this was kind of part of their, their morning routine. And they, you know, I realize now that they, like me, go back to those childhood memories of just that Mm. being outside, being in nature and just really feeling close to God. But I, one of the other things that I've fallen back on is just, you know, we go through seasons of life where everything just feels out of control. You know, just, it just, nothing seems normal, whether it's a big move or a new baby or a new job or whatever. The thing that has grounded me is just stopping and saying, Lord, thank you for being consistent. Thank you that there is always spring, summer, winter, fall. I mean, it it can vary, you know, when it comes and goes and what it looks like or how extreme it is, but it happens every single year and the sun comes up every day and the sun goes down every day. And, you know, it was amazing to me how much comfort that brought me as an adult. It's just leading into that consistency. Absolutely. And I love that too, because one of the main reasons that we include so much nature in our homeschooling is our kids are growing up in a world of postmodernism and the beliefs that there are no absolute truths, that everything is up to you. And we can actually battle that through keeping them in God's creation, which is so consistent and points to absolute truths. Like, I don't get to decide if that rock is hard. No, that rock is hard. If I drop it on my foot, it's going to hurt my foot. Right. And so nature provides these absolute truths that teach our children that, yeah, there are absolutes and there's absolutely a creator who put them in place. Mm, I love it. It's like a curriculum from God. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In my book, actually, 936 pennies, I have a whole section on outdoor time with our kids. And I do talk about it in that way that it is a classroom in itself from the greatest teacher there ever was. Right. Well, let's let's take just a tiny little bunny trail really quickly and tell the moms what uh, what that book is about and kind of, you know, just in a 
just a nutshell in case they're interested because I think it's, it's, it's an amazing book. So um, yeah, I'd love for you to share a little bit. Sure. Thank you. So it's 936 pennies, discovering the joy of intentional parenting. And those 936 pennies, it's based off when our second son was dedicated at our church and our pastor gifted to us that day, this jar of 936 pennies. And he told us that every penny in that jar represents one week that you have with your child between birth and 18. So obviously that jar felt a lot heavier in my hands when he said that. And our son at the time, he was already a year and a half. And so our first job when we got home was to count out those pennies that we had already spent. And my whole issue with it was I didn't know what to do with these pennies. I didn't want to feel like I had lost that time. Mm-hmm. And so what we ended up doing was setting up a second jar where we place the pennies every week so that as the first jar is going down, we don't feel like we're losing that time because we watch the second jar build up where we're putting the mm. pennies and we see, okay, this is an investment in our child's story and their legacy and their eternity. And so mm-hmm. the whole book is based around that concept of teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom in Psalm ninety twelve, mm-hmm. And this concept of, you know, childhood is limited and we're not even guaranteed a whole 936 weeks. So what are we doing with today that truly matters for our child? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I love that. And that again, goes back to kind of the, the thrust of this podcast, which is um, instilling God's word and his ways into our kids. You know, I, I'm looking at this from, you know, a lot more hindsight. Our oldest is almost 30 and our youngest just turned 16. Most of our kids are adults, um, have families and careers and all of that. And I can honestly say, you know, the, the biggest gifts we gave them and the best investment we made was in, um, teaching them God's word and his ways and walking alongside of them, discipling them through different seasons of their, you know, their childhood. And the interesting thing is that, you know, when we do things the way that God calls us to, you know, like I mentioned in Deuteronomy, the walking alongside and, you know, Mm -hmm. when you stand up and when you sit down and uh, when you walk along the way, suddenly Yes, they do leave the home. Yes, they are making their own decisions, but there is a relationship there and you still have, you have the opportunity to speak into their lives far more than I originally thought Um, because, you know, you know, because our culture tells us and just, you know, in general, we get the idea when they're 18 or 19 or 20, you cut them loose, they make all their own decisions, you have nothing to do with it anymore, blah, blah, blah. Well, what I found was when you walk, when we, because we walked alongside of our kids and built relationship with them and we did life together, they still want to do life with us. You know, Mm. not, um, I like to tell people they care what we think, but not more than they should. And so it's kind of this really great balance of, you know, still being able to speak into their lives. So, um, but also just that they're independent and productive adults living, you know, they're not dependent on us, but they still want us. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And that's so encouraging to us earlier who are earlier in this walk. You know, just to hear that and that there is, there is fruit, there is hope. That there it, is. Absolutely. No, our labor and is not in vain. 
It's not in vain. And actually they become your best friends because you have lived a lot of life together. And, you know, think about the friends you're closest to. Usually they're ones that you have either, you've been through difficulties together. um, You've overcome obstacles together. You have um, seen lots of different, the walk through a lot of different things together. Those are your best and closest most kindred spirits, right? Well, you get to have that in your kids. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of times as we, you know, while we're raising our kids and homeschooling our kids, we run into obstacles and difficulties in life and and very difficult life situations. And we think, oh my goodness, um, this is such a distraction from what we're, what, you know, this schoolwork that we need to get done or these activities that we need to do. And, you know, um, But it turns out that those are the places where the deepest growing happens and where the the relationships grow deeper. Um, But it means we have to be intentional. And again, for us, that focused around God's word. What does God have to say about this difficult situation we're in? You know, we lost our oldest um, grandson seven years ago, just a little over Mm. seven years ago. He would have been seven last week um, to uh, stillbirth. And not something we've ever experienced. We had never lost anybody close to us. None of us had. My kids hadn't. I hadn't. Um, And so we walked that journey together and it was, it was not easy, but that slowing down, being intentional, focusing on God, seeing where he was working, identifying his presence instead of you know, looking for where he, he felt absent. We looked for where he was present, you know, so just all those things that really, um, they really are grounded in God's word that help us to walk that out well. So we grieve, but not as those who have no hope because God's word is full of hope. Absolutely. And he gives us, yeah, he can take those situations and turn them into such beautiful opportunities. Mm-hmm. For really Exactly. Yeah, that's actually, that's a good segue into point number three, which would be leaning into your child's questions about faith, even when you don't have the answers. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that whole concept is on what you just said, the building relationship. So for example, recently, this was last week, I believe I was reading our devotion, which was on Noah and the flood and I'm reading it to my boys. And so my boys are nine, seven, and five. And then I have a two-year-old daughter. And so of course, you know, she's just running crazy while we're right, doing right. our time. <laughs> But my oldest came to me and he says, mom, why do some of the Bibles have different words? And I thought about his question for a second. And I realized that he was identifying an inconsistency that he saw. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the semester, I had really challenged him and said, Zeke, I want you to dissect your faith. I want you to make it your own. It can't just be something that you take from dad and me. It really needs to be your own. And this is what I saw him doing. He saw this inconsistency that he would hear a story from the Bible, and then he would hear it from another Bible, and it would have different words. Mm -hmm. And so I took that opportunity to really lean into that question of his. And I went and got my Bible and I explained to them the whole process of biblical translations mm-hmm. and why we have different translations. And, and I even showed them like how to go back to the original Greek and Hebrew to see the word it started with, to show them like this all came from the language of the writer who got inspired right. to write it. And so just right. to take them through that process instead of, 
feeling unequipped because I know when it comes to sharing God's word with our children, so many parents can feel like, you know, who am I to do this? Like there's people better trained in theology and biblical studies. Well, no, God chose you for your child. That's right. And we don't have to have all the answers. We just have to be willing to say, you know, I'm not sure. Let's go ask our pastor or let's go to God's word or let's look up some verses on that. Like we just have to be willing to be a Bible student alongside of them. Right. Exactly. I tell parents that all the time, you know, you feel ill-equipped to homeschool your kids. um, But the truth is that you are qualified because God has, if he's called you to this, he's going to qualify you. And if you are willing to learn alongside of your kids, you're going to be fine. Um, because like what you're saying here, even if you don't have the answers and you say, Hey, I don't have the answers. A couple things happen there. One, your child sees that you don't have to have all the answers, but you can find the answers by being resourceful. And so you are teaching them one, to be a lifelong learner two, to pursue, basically have perseverance and pursue answers and then to be resourceful. Um, and you're showing them, okay, let's let's look here and let's look here and let's look here. And you're teaching them what it looks like to um, to go find those answers, to go after them. And so that right there, you took time to do all of those things. And those are things that you can't learn. Our kids can't learn from a curriculum. They have to learn by experience and we get to be the ones to do that with them. And this is just so beautiful. I love what you said. Like you do not have to have all the answers. You can go in there and just learn alongside of them. And it becomes like this adventure that you're on together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So take the time. Don't rush past those questions, you know, especially when it comes to questions about God and and the Bible. It is worthwhile. And I hope moms, as you heard me talk through that, that you realize that you weren't just in that scenario. She wasn't uh, Aaron wasn't just pursuing, um, you know, just the technical answer to the question. There were a whole bunch of things that she was modeling and teaching um, as she did that. So those moments are not a waste of time. They are actually their treasures and their opportunities. Yeah, it's I mean, that's what homeschooling and parenting is about. It's this mentorship that we get to enter into our children's questions and get to learn alongside of them, really. And just on the whole idea of equipping. like. My favorite parenting verse is 2 Peter 1, 3, that God has given us everything for life and godliness. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't mm-hmm. even mention parenting, but it says everything, everything for life and godliness. So that includes parenting and that includes homeschooling. And yes. he's going to walk alongside of us as we, in faith, choose to educate our children this way. Yes, yes, absolutely. And this was just a perfect example of that. Well, number four would be teaching biblical truths through stories and literature. And so I know that we as homeschoolers, we tend to read with our children quite a bit anyways. And so if we are going to be sitting and reading with our children or providing them literature to read if they're older, choosing books that bring in biblical truths. And we have so much opportunity to even bring in um, theology, the study of God and apologetics so that they know how to defend their faith and what real evidence there is from science and history to defend their faith and giving them this robust 
knowledge of biblical truth so that they're not only getting Bible stories, which are important, God's word never mm-hmm. returns void, like you said earlier, but really giving them this robust collection of stories and ideas and biographies that drive that home. Mm, I love that. And do you have ways to do that? Yeah. Resources? So we so we do this in our homeschooling. Um, we follow... I wouldn't call it a curriculum. It's more of a reading list, Ambleside, um, the Charlotte Mason method. And I kind of, I looked at their reading list and then I took out a few things to make room and then I added a few things. So it's kind of like Ambleside with some apologetics and theology mixed in. But some of the books I recommend for younger children, so maybe like zero to five, would be, this is, these are actually by my friend Donna Keith and their board books called I Love You Just Because. I love you even when, and I love you all the same. And these three beautiful books, they got these beautiful illustrations of these little bears, and they really drive home God as our um, father who unconditionally loves us. And then Mm. another good one is by Generation Claimed, and that's Emily. She has You Are, and that's speaking God's word over your child. And tonight, a book of God's bedtime promises. And then she's just releasing a new one, I think in November called Chosen. So those are beautiful board books. And then for the older children, so this is what we spend a lot of time on in our morning time. You can bring in um, books like Pilgrim's Progress or Heinz Feet on High Places. So those are going to be allegories that are taking biblical concepts or even stories and kind of rewriting them in a way. And then one I'm working through with my nine-year-old right now is Case for a Creator by Lee Strobel. Mm-hmm. And that's a good one for apologetics to really start thinking through the arguments of the Big Bang Theory and, okay, is that viable? Is that is that Does that make sense? Or what are the other things that we can think about? And that's really helped him to just wrap his mind around the theories that are out there and to right. look at them from a critical mindset. Right. Another one we really love is Indescribable by Louis Giglio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a hundred devotions for kids about God and science. And then the ology, so it's theology, but broken into two words, the ology and wonderful by Marty Mikowski. Those are, these are beautiful, big hardcover books. The ology came out first and it is a study of God, all about God. And there's tons of scripture and beautiful illustrations. The illustrator was actually my editor at Bethany house and Mm. they just do a beautiful job of communicating really deep theological truths about God, but for children five to 11. And then they just came out last week with wonderful, which is ancient Psalms ever new. And that one I had the privilege of reading through an advanced copy and it it's just this beautiful in-depth look at the Psalms in a way that kids can really grasp. I love that. And so moms, I will include that list in the podcast notes, because um, if you're anything like me, you weren't writing that down while she said these things, and now you're kicking yourself. <laughs> so we'll include that in the podcast notes. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. That's, I just, I love good resources and good tools. Um, so thank you for sharing those. Absolutely. Well, number five, the last one would be playing scripture music to end the day or all night long to help Mm -hmm. your child hide God's word in their heart. So I Mm. really believe that a solid homeschool day starts the night before Mm. and making sure that our children are getting restful, deep, peaceful 
sleep. And I know like we've had children, um, our firstborn, especially when he was youngest, uh, younger, who struggled with sleep terrors, night terrors. Mm-hmm. And I know that probably a lot of the moms listening that you have children who struggle with anxiety or nightmares or things that are going to rob that child of sleep and make them unready for the next day. And -hmm. if they wake up and they're tired or they're bothered or they're troubled, that is soil that is not ripe and ready for God's word. And Mm -hmm. so if we can just make sure that they are taking in his word during the night and that they're sleeping restfully. I think that that's a really key component here. So we actually have a scriptural albies. We have so many stories coming every week and I have the privilege of reading so many stories from people of all ages. We actually have listeners of all ages, but specifically kids who are finally sleeping through the night or kids who have found victory over anxiety or kids who are digging into God's truth through these songs And they're better able to just operate throughout their day because they're, like you said, they're operating from a place of peace and not chaos, especially right now with everything going on, that we can provide this place of peace for our children. That's excellent. And, you know, I love what you said about it starting the night before. Um, I think of that scripture that says a wise man looks ahead, but a fool keeps on going and suffers Mm. for it. And I think part of our job as moms is to look ahead to the next day and think about how what we're doing the evening before will affect the next day and planning accordingly. And I think putting our kids to bed at a regular time every night. And then, of course, I think adding this in is just a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Um, Because, you know, it's really, I believe scripture combats um, the enemy. You know, we all know, we forget, but we are in a spiritual warfare every single day. And why in the world would we not be a target or our children a target? Because the enemy does not want strong, healthy, godly families raising strong, healthy, godly children. That's like you know, there's no way that is, that is our future. And, uh, and the enemy knows that. And so it's our job to be the gatekeepers. We, and I think this is a wonderful way to be that gatekeeper, like that shepherd who, um, you know, shepherds a little flock back into its little, uh, safe place and closes the door and knows that they're safe and, um, assures that they're safe, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. And the other thing I was thinking of is how this ties in with the biblical um, idea of a day. The the day uh, described in the Bible started the night before. You know, mm-hmm. when when someone did um, when they talk about Sabbath, you know, that was always the 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 seventh day, the day of rest always started the evening before it went evening to evening. So that really totally lines up with, um, that biblical concept. So I I love that. that. So good. good. We have several songs that I like to play, especially at night for the kiddos. And we have, um, take no thought for tomorrow and let Mm -hmm. not your heart be troubled wonderfully made. I am here. So even just in the titles of those songs, like, again, all of them are based on scripture inspired Mm -hmm. by God's word. And just to give your child that promise as they're drifting off to sleep, like take no Mm -hmm. thought for tomorrow, you know, based on the verse, like, don't worry about tomorrow. Like God is going to take care of us. Like he has us and Mm -hmm. let not your heart be troubled. And wonderfully made is one of my favorites. And just 
having that song over your child as they drift off to sleep that God made you wonderfully, like he has plans for your life. So we have a lot, uh, our music I play during my daughter's nap time. And it's so fun too, because I'll hear her in her crib and she's, mm. she's two and a half and she'll sing along with the songs now. So I just hear her in there singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, you know, it like brings tears to your eyes to hear a child worshiping God. And then I we also that. have a couple of um, playlists on Spotify that mm -hmm. we curated that have our music and then music from other artists that we really enjoy who have a similar heart for music right. inspired right. by God's word. So like we have a baby sleep time playlist and then we also have a no more nightmares playlist and that one is all music inspired by scripture so that anyone of any age who's struggling with bad right. dreams or sleeplessness right. like you wake up and it's just god's word playing mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. night long and it's mm -hmm. just such a strong thing it's very powerful and i think too you know what you just mentioned it's not just for kids i listen to it completely by myself and <laughs> you know, no kids involved. And I absolutely love it. It just brings um, just a calmness. And I think there is so such a lack of peace and rest and gentleness in the world that we're living in, that if we can um, give our children that, you know, a lot of us do love the Charlotte Mason approach because it is gentle and it encourages, um, you know, looking for beauty and goodness and just surrounding our kids with that. And this is such a powerful way to do that. Um, but more than anything, again, it's going back to God's word. God's word is powerful. It is the only word that's actually living. You know, the scriptures say it's living and active. There is no other word that's living. And so I just, I can't help but think, um, I mean, I'm, I'm completely convinced that every testimony that you're, that you're hearing is absolutely true because, um, God is good and his word is amazing. So, um, I'm just so grateful that you've been here today sharing all of these things and these resources. And again, we'll, I'm going to ask you. Uh, when we get off here for the the songs for nighttime list that you just went through, because sure, again, sure. I'm pretty sure nobody wrote it down. <laughs> so that would be great. So all of that information moms is going to be included in the podcast notes, in, including links to go listen to the scripture lullaby music and, um, a, a link to Erin's um, book, 936 Pennies, and uh, ways to connect with her, resources, um, songs for nighttime, that list of resources that she mentioned uh, of her stories and literature. So uh, I'm excited to um, to be check looking, diving a little bit deeper into, into some of these resources, especially for my grandkids. You know, I'm kind of like a little bit past the little, the younger child phase, although I do make our 16-year-old listen to the lullabies because I'm listening <laughs> to them. So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just these, these resources for our kids are just, um, I love that they're vetted. <laughs> they come pre-vetted. <laughs> and yeah. I just love your heart. So I'm excited to check these out. But again, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, Dorinda. I really appreciate the opportunity. Mm, let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time together. I thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your word. And thank you for music. God, we know that I think about even now, as I listen to the scripture lullaby music, um, just 
having um, just remembering listening to it is just like it's like you're speaking to our hearts through it, Lord, because it comes so gently. And that is your heart for us, God. You have a gentle, loving heart. You are the gentle shepherd. And uh, we all could definitely use more of that these days, Lord, with the, with what's going on in the world around us. But thank you. Thank you, God, that you're never changing. Thank you for always being the same. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.